is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one -one networking opportunities. Hello everyone, this is Jo Miller, CEO with Women's Leadership Coaching and founder of BeLeaderly.com and I'm thrilled to be moderating the new podcast series for the Society of Women Engineers and um, it's titled Diverse and if this is your first time listening, I want to welcome you to the podcast. We're really excited to have you with us and for all of our listeners, um, don't forget that you can add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes and um, make sure to like us or follow us on social media and visit SWE.org for more details. Um, but today I'm joined by Shark Yusufzai of Chevron. Um, he has started out as a process engineer in a Texas oil refinery and since then has had a global career with Chevron spanning six countries and numerous leadership roles, including being president of global, global lubricants and president of global marketing. He's currently vice president of global diversity, ombuds and university affairs with Chevron. Shark, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe. I'm happy to be here. Well, great. And I understand congratulations are in order on two counts. Um, the first is that you recently achieved 40 years of employment with Chevron. Thank you. And second up, of course, our topic today, Chevron's uh, recent 2015 Catalyst Award win uh, for an initiative that's titled The Chevron Way, Engineering Opportunities for Women. Uh, and for our listeners, the Catalyst Award is one that honors initiatives by companies who are committed to the recruitment, development, and advancement of, of their women employees. So, Shark, um, maybe start by giving us an overview of that initiative that led to the Catalyst Award. Sure, Joe. As you mentioned, our initiative was called the Chevron Way, Engineering Opportunities for Women. And the initiative consisted of several parts, including developing a business strategy and rationale. For us, diversity is not something extra. It's part and parcel of the way we do business, and the way we do business is guided by the Chevron Way. So we were able to demonstrate our strategy for winning the war on talent and becoming an aspirational destination for the best and brightest by, by having a commitment to diversity and inclusion that began a couple of decades ago. So a connection between business strategy and diversity and how it outlined with the broader organizational goals was something that, that we uh, showed in the initiative. We talked about how everybody from the chairman down is held accountable for diversity and inclusion goals and how tools are used to measure accountability and there's transparency, how we communicate. Uh, we talked about employee engagement along this dimension uh, and how we used diversity uh, as one of the pillars of the Chevron way to drive ingenuity. Ingenuity drives innovation. And finally, what were the measurable results? So it was all of those things in, encapsulated in the Chevron way that uh, led to the Catalyst Award. Terrific. I'm, I'm especially interested to learn more about those measurable results too, but um, perhaps you can give us some greater insight into a couple key elements of the initiative, um, maybe some things that you're especially proud of. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, all of us realize that operate in the corporate world is that you treasure what you measure. 
and uh, we measure our individual performance and our collective business performance through a tool called the Performance Management uh, Process, or PMP. Uh, at Chevron, almost all of our 61,000 employees, from the chairman down, have a diversity action plan that has specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound uh, examples of uh, what one hopes to achieve during the performance management system. For example, when I was head of global marketing, uh, I led a team that operated in 60 countries and had regional vice presidents uh, that we call the GMLT or the Global Marketing Leadership Team. In my particular diversity action plan, it was my objective over a course of five years to have my leadership team look more like my customers uh, around the globe. Uh, and that included operations in Asia Pacific, Latin America, Europe, Africa, Middle East, and the Americas. And, uh, and we uh, implemented a plan that I held myself accountable and uh, my diversity action plan encapsulated this uh, to move uh, from uh, about 30% uh, visible diversity to about 75% over a course of three years. So that's an example of uh, a diversity action plan with specific measures that everyone in our company has as part of their PMP or performance management uh, system. The second thing that I'm very, very proud of is Chevron's programs for dual career couples. And I'll give you an example. Uh, my own vice president of HR, uh, had a spouse who worked uh, as our chief technology officer in global marketing. And we had an opportunity to post her in London uh, as head of our Europe-Africa uh, operations uh, in marketing. Uh, and we were able to move both her and her husband to London uh, as part of our uh, program for dual careers. We have about uh, dual career couples. We have about 600 dual career couples in Chevron. And we work both with uh, operating companies within the Chevron organization as well as sometimes with other companies to make sure that both careers are uh, taken into account when moves are made. So those are the two that I'm very uh, proud of, the diversity action plan as part of our performance management system and our dual career couple program. Well, congratulations. There are a couple of great examples. I especially like what you said about you treasure what you measure. I think that quote's going to stick in my mind. So, um, and you mentioned that you now have 61,000 Chevron employees engaged in this initiative uh, in a very personal way. It's there in their performance management plan. Um, and tell me, what, what sparked that initiative? So why was it that Chevron decided to engage in this work in, in such a deep way? Well, in the early 90s, an influential internal memo uh, was issued by our chairman called Valuing Diversity, which set forth the company's commitment to increasing representation of women and underrepresented minorities in the company as a business imperative. And by 1995, the Chevron Way was launched to the global workforce as policy number one in our company's policy manual. We encouraged all employees to adopt the Chevron way, uh, reinforcing the critical importance of diversity to business performance. We were very aware that uh, business success 
would require engaging everyone more effectively. So the Chevron way was set in motion to ensure a more diverse leadership pipeline and to advance women to positions of greater influence. And it was not because it was an altruistic thing or the right thing to do, which it certainly was, but it was actually how you drove business performance. Because we were a firm believer that from diversity comes ingenuity and from ingenuity comes innovation. And it is through innovation that you outperform the competition. So diversity was part and parcel of our business strategy from day one. That's terrific. In fact, I'm reminded of our earlier conversation, and I might uh, quote something you said then, which was that you can't cost-cut your way to business growth. Uh, you can really, and you can't spend your way to business growth. You can really only innovate your way there. So I hope it's okay to uh, to share that comment with our audience. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so then, what specific challenges um, do you see Chevron currently facing regarding women in engineering? And and then, what are some of the ways that the company is responding to those challenges? Well, as uh, members of SWE know, uh, while the enrollment of women uh, in colleges uh, and universities in the United States uh, has reached a point where almost 56% of all college graduates are women, the enrollment of women in engineering peaked in 2004 at about 24%, and it has dropped 50% to about 16%. Uh, and so one of the issues that we and other companies that employ large number of engineers face is this rapidly declining supply of women in engineering. And uh, we are actually recruiting at more than what you might call our fair share because we are uh, getting about 25 to 28% women through our college recruiting cohorts. But it is a fundamental problem that has to be addressed. The the problem of why women are not going into engineering, and in fact, the enrollment is dropping. And the way we are addressing that is through several fronts. We're encouraging STEM education. We have announced approximately $300 million in uh, STEM education over a period of time uh, that has projects like Project TechBridge, which uh, allows high school girls and junior high school girls to get familiar with engineering, develop a mentorship program with, uh, and role models within our company and other companies. Um, we're encouraging more engagement with sweet chapters at uh, the 100 colleges and universities we recruit at. We're engaged in conversations on, on what is the root cause of uh, women not going into engineering and, in fact, the enrollment uh, declining, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, it's very, very important for us to understand uh, what the root cause is. It's probably not one root cause, but a large number of them. And so uh, we're engaged in uh, high K through 12 STEM education that is targeted uh, to underrepresented minorities and women to encourage more of them to go into uh, uh, particularly engineering fields. Uh, we are engaged in our colleges and universities. To, you know, that, uh, there is a problem of retention of women in the schools of engineering, and we are also engaged in uh, the community college level to get more women into the STEM field, but particularly in engineering. Uh, this is something that really needs to be addressed because it is an issue 
that uh, somehow gets lost in the overall conversation of women in STEM. The critical issue is why the number of women in engineering is continuing to decline. Yeah, I think we all share your concern and are eagerly um, waiting to hear more about the outcome of, of those initiatives. Um, I wanted to just back up a moment here as well because I know that um, you have some terrific women at Chevron. Uh, in fact, part of the impetus for the, the Chevron winning of the Catalyst Award was, in fact, the women's network at Chevron. Could you tell us a little more about how that came about? Yes. The uh, women's network is one of our largest networks. Uh, it has members in uh, approximately 60 countries, and it has close to 5,000 members, 10% of whom are men. Uh, the Women's Network has also many special interest groups, including the network of executive women. We have a network of earth scientists that are women. We have a network of what we call in our vernacular petrotechs. These are uh, petroleum engineers, civil engineers, mechanical engineers, chemical engineers, and earth scientists that have a special interest group. We have a, uh, a, a, a network of uh, within the Women's Network, a special interest group of women in IT. And all these special interest groups and the uh, uh, women's network came together and said, this is uh, winning the Catalyst Award is something that could be used as a recruiting tool. It does position Chevron as an aspirational destination for women, particularly women engineers and earth scientists. And um, it is through that engagement that we actually began the process of uh, applying for the Catalyst Award, and were successful in in winning it. Terrific, and and so going back uh, a number of years when Chevron first began um, this diversity journey, the one you've described earlier, um, what were some of the issues that were faced back then? Well, you know, one of the uh, things that we faced, and we combated it by saying, this is not something extra. This is part and parcel of how we do business, like safety or organizational capability or organizational effectiveness, uh, which was diversity. Some people thought this was just something extra, but uh, the fact that we were able to demonstrate that you enhance business performance by being a pace setter in diversity and inclusion helped us. Another uh, that was unconscious bias. So at the beginning of every professional development committee meeting, which selects candidates for uh, open jobs, we conduct uh, unconscious bias training. Uh, the good news about unconscious bias is that if you are aware of it, you can overcome it. Uh, so, uh, you know, those were some of the things that uh, that we faced and were able to overcome. Thanks. And is there something that, that you've personally learned um, through this process? And if so, what's what's been the most important learning for you? Well, you know, the... Uh, Engagement of employees is extremely important, and we're very blessed in our employee surveys. I think most companies do biannual employee surveys. Some do annual employee surveys, but our employee engagement index is somewhere north of 92%, uh, which is amazing because high-performance companies are around 87%. And engage employees uh, give you incremental effort. They create innovation, they're energized, and they lead to high performance. So employee engagement uh, is very important, and we feel that engaged employees are our biggest asset. 
That's great, and the numbers are amazing. So congratulations on that 92%. So um, as we start to wrap up now, Shark, in closing, is there some piece of advice that you'd like to leave us with, um, perhaps something for other organizations who want to launch a similar initiative of their own? Uh, I think the importance of diversity can not be overstressed uh, in terms of its contribution to performance. So I would advise other organizations to not think of diversity as an extra, but part and parcel of your business, of your business strategy, and in fact the imperative uh, that is absolutely necessary to drive innovation, which will drive business performance. So think of diversity not as an extra, but as part and parcel of your business. Well said, and thank you for joining us. Shark Yusufzai of Chevron, it's been a great conversation. Thank you, Joe. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. We've been speaking with Shark Yusufzai of Chevron about Chevron's diversity initiatives and their recent uh, winning of the Catalyst Award. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancelearning.swe.org.